you can take the pebble from my hand, it will be time for you to leave. Ninja, the tea party's over. Good evening, <laughs> and welcome to another episode of the Asian Action Cast. All of us, well, most of us present and accounted for. Hello, Scott. Hello. Rachel. Hello. Mikey. Hello. Nathan. Hey. And I'm Sam, and we are the Asian Action Cast. Coming at you. <laughs> um, I tell you, I'm, I'm sick of this isolation already, I tell you. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's great. You love it? Yeah. You know what? Actually, there are parts of it I really like. I like the fact that when I do decide to go for a walk or something or I go to the shops, there's no one around. That's pretty cool. Driving is much easier. Oh, yeah. I still have to keep going to work too, so it's not like I'm really isolating. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, I wish I could isolate more. I have to work out of my daughter's bedroom, so it's uh, it's not ideal. <laughs> It's not good to work with uh, strawberry shortcake in the background or something like that. No, I'm surrounded by rainbow furries and uh, just rainbow what pencils now? And shit. <laughs> Everything's sticky. Huh? Rainbows and fuzzies. Like, oh, okay. Well, rainbows, fuzzies, and rainbow fuzzies. Because oh. I thought for a second you said rainbow furries, and I was like, "What? What are you doing to your daughter?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you'll have to explain to me what a rainbow furry is later. Mm. Okay. They're just like regular furries, except they're LGBTQ as well. <laughs> this week's movie was The Big Boss. This is The Big Boss. This Finally, we've actually come around to watching a Bruce Lee film. Is it fair to say that Bruce Lee is the reason why Hong Kong cinema is even a big thing now? Hmm. I mean, he still is a like a, a pop culture phenomenon, right? He's like the goat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. His his actual abilities and um, uh, what would you say? His abilities, his skills and all that have taken on a legendary quality. Like he is immortal at this point. But they were already making films before him, right? It'd be ridiculous to assume that like they wouldn't have continued to make them and someone else wouldn't have hit. But it would have happened in a different way, I think. I think like, it's fair to say that there wouldn't be a golden harvest if there wasn't Bruce Lee. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because um, I, I think, I don't know how much Golden Harvest had done before Big Boss. I know Big Boss was the first Bruce Lee film, but definitely, like, they, they hit it big with Bruce. I can hear some uh, internet commenter, commenters getting ready. Uh, it was his first big film, but I think he'd been in some other films before Big Boss. Oh, really? Bruce Lee? He was a child actor, apparently, when I was looking at his filmography and stuff. He had a few things when he was a lot, a lot younger. I think it's his big, his first big, big role though. Like if you look at his, what people consider his filmography, it's like maybe eight films. But you know he's been in television and, and movies since since uh, you know when he was a kid. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Big Boss for me anyway is like the yeah, yeah. the first uh, film that he was a leading man, like you know Bruce yeah, yeah, as you yeah. know him. Or least yeah. Long. I, I didn't want to be all, eh, but like, you know, just just a clarification here. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Thanks, man. Thanks. I'll tell you why. This is this is my turn. Sorry, it was burp. Uh, this is my turn to uh, pick a movie, and I chose this one because, like we said in a couple of podcasts, we haven't done a Bruce Lee one. I was just looking around, and I remember watching this as a kid. And Christian's not here to back me up, but growing up in the eighties, this was either 
where we were living, this was either on TV a lot or we had a tape. And it was the first time this this movie and sort of watching Monkey, I'd seen like a dub TV show. <laughs> and even at a young age, it was like, this sounds off and, and doesn't look right. And there's a scene later on in the ice factory with the uh, the photos of people's faces in the ice. And it's like, this just does, doesn't look right. And eventually, uh, yeah, the, it's messed up. In the late 90s, Des Mangan was doing his SBS cult movie. Welcome to the Monday Night Movie. He put the big boss on. And I was like, I haven't seen this for years. And I wanted to see if it held up. And uh, I finally got to see it in Cantonese instead of like the dubbed English. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And I hadn't seen it since like 1997. So in 2020, I wanted to see if it helped up. And does it? I can tell you right now, this gets a 10 out of 10 for me all the way. 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a classic. I'm, I'm willing to forgive all its flaws because it's, it's it's great. But, uh, yeah. Does anyone know whether Bruce dubbed his own lines in Cantonese? I think they were saying that it was someone else actually dubbing the lines. Okay. I was going to say because his his lines in Cantonese, I, I thought the, the voice acting was really good. <laughs> the voice acting. I thought the uh, the dialogue was really good from Bruce. And I was like, does he talk like that? I didn't think the, so. The version that we watched had the Mandarin track, which is supposedly the original, um, uh, I guess, the original film track. And then there's also an English and a Cantonese version. I and he doesn't dub any of those. That I watched a, a DVD I had. So, so what was yours? Was yours in Cantonese or in Mandarin? Cantonese. Oh, okay. Sorry, uh, did we say that the movie that we're watching is the big one? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So this came out in nineteen seventy-one. Action, extraordinary extravaganza. Do we want to go around and do some trivia? I got loads of trivia for this film, but Scott, it's your film, so uh, you can start. I'll, I'll go with the obvious one. This was also released as Fist of Fury in the states. Why do they call it that? Did it come out out after Fist of Fury? I'm not sure. There's a few videos online of people sort of talking about that, but um, I think it was Fist or Fists of Fury. So, um, but we're just going to go with the big boss because that's a better title. He's not that big, That's though. That's a way better time. No, but he's like the big boss. He's like the boss of everyone. He's he's, he's not, not like your, your stu- he's not your foreman. He's not even your manager. He's the boss of the manager, which apparently there's only three levels of management in Thailand. He's not the big boss man like the WWF either. <laughs> he's not the big show. <laughs> no. I was expecting a polo young size guy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he wasn't a big boss. Uh... No, that's a big boobed boss. <laughs> <laughs> which one was Bolo Young actually in? Bolo was in Enter the Dragon. Sorry, uh, we'll go to trivia in a sec. I feel like in the, the grand scheme of movies and pop culture and stuff, when people think of Bruce Lee, a lot of people rave about, you know, Game of Death or Enter the Dragon. And, you know, rightfully so. You can buy the Enter the Dragon soundtrack on vinyl. They reissue about a lot. But I feel like the big boss doesn't get his due. Well, it's so simple. It's a really it's simple It's very simple. Film. That's probably why it worked so yeah. well. Like, they could have actually cut out that whole bit in the middle where the, the boss makes him the foreman and tries to get him on side and then, like, fuck him up. Like, they could have cut all of that, and it could have just been a video game. <laughs> or this is a bit where it seems like they're just playing a game going, oh, where are, you, where are your uh, brothers slash cousins? I don't know where they are. I reported them to police times 10 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Rinse and so repeat. This movie could be cut down, down to, like, 12 minutes. <laughs> uh, if you wanted to keep the fights in there, maybe 28, 30 minutes. I was actually – yeah, so let's get into it. Anyone got any more um, – Sam's itching to give trivia, man. Yeah, yeah. I got so much trivia. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll go through some of the tri- the good ones that I, I read and then you tell me if you've got anything else. So one of the things that really bugged me about this film is you notice that Bruce has got like a bandage on his finger the whole time mm-hmm. and it's not in the story at all. So I was like, why the hell does he have a bandage on his finger? And there's two stories floating around, one which smells like BS and one which I think is true. The BS one is that he was washing a glass and it cut him. 
which sounds way too mundane for Bruce. And the the true story, which I suspect is true, is that he was showing off to the uh, stuntmen by poking holes through aluminium cans, Coke cans. <laughs> and uh, and by showing off to the crew, he poked a hole in the can. This is when the aluminium was a bit softer. And he cut his finger. And that sounds like it would, that sounds really Bruce to me. Can I ask a question? And I'm not saying it's not true. But does anyone remember that cans of drink didn't used to be aluminium? They used to be made of steel. They were fucking rock hard. Oh yeah, that would be tougher. Yeah, I don't remember that. You don't. You don't remember that. We, they were. They were like that while we were alive. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> like they only changed aluminium like in the nineties. Uh, all I remember is I used to be able to swap cans of uh, empty cans of coke for lollies. Oh, those oh, were the days. But yeah, I can believe it. I mean, it's oh, bullshit. We mostly had glass though before cans. Yeah, like Coke bottles and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, another interesting thing to me is that James Tien, who plays Brother Su in this film, was originally the, the lead actor of the film. Thank God not. And <laughs> what was that? I said, thank God not. <laughs> yeah, he. you might know him as Laughing Man. You remember Laughing Man <laughs> from, uh, a big Laughing Man from, uh, what's it? The, <laughs> what's it? Um, uh, what? Writing Wrongs above the with law. Cynthia Rothrock. Oh, it was Above the Law. It might have been Above the Law. Did you go? <laughs> for, some, for some reason, in my mind, he was he was out of. Um, I don't know if I'm getting this right. Was he in one of the one of the Once Upon a Times? Uh, yeah, he was brother Luke in Once Upon a Time in China too. That's the one I remembered him from. Yeah, yeah, he plays like a nice person in that. Well, he plays a nice person in this as well. Probably a little bit too good. Yeah, he plays a nice dude in this, except he's got no charisma. No, I know, right? He doesn't. He just doesn't come across as like a cool dude. He seems like he's too good. He's like if you were smoking in front of him, you'd be like, he's going to report me to the cops or something. He's he's, he's got snitch written on his forehead. <laughs> hey, you guys should stop gambling. You guys, he's like. Also, he's a rubbish fighter. <laughs> yeah, is it? Is he a rubbish fighter? Because his fighting looks terrible. It was so wooden. It looks about as good as the the other stunt guys, the local stunt guys. That that's what I I did notice the disparity like like how I, I mean Bruce is obviously pretty good but how much faster and uh, more fluid he was and just the one the what the first fight that he sort of witnesses from the side he's standing there watching him and then two of them attack him he just like takes him out of one punch and I was like even just in the one punch he was so much better than um than brother Zoo. I thought that was played yeah. up though. I thought that was the whole point, like of the of him, like so he's not allowed to fight because his mum said, "Hey, don't fight, right?" But like no one else had any power at all, but he could just do things with like one hit. Yeah, but do you think that's because I wondered whether it's because he did it? He he was the reason why it shot it was shot that way. But then I heard that they'd already started filming with James Tien as the lead anyway. Yeah, because it's, it's almost like kids fighting up until Bruce Lee does something. And there's like, oh, he kicked those two dudes and they're knocked out. They don't get back up. But everybody else keeps keeps going the whole time. Yeah, no I thought that it was like kids fighting too. Like they're rolling around on the ground and shit. <laughs> yeah, you, you got that vibe too? Yeah, I got that vibe as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to have. I just got one more piece of trivia. Sorry, did somebody have something they want to say? Uh, I was just going to say um, I can't find it at the moment. Um, apologies, but uh, someone in this movie was also in Come Drink with Me. Are you sure? Oh, <laughs> yeah, the bad guy, the, bad guy? the big boss. He was. I, I thought. Yeah, yeah, the big boss, the actual guy. Yeah. I can't. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in that. Everybody looked familiar. A lot of them looked familiar. Anyone with a speaking part looked goddamn familiar. The um, the big boss, uh, Ying Chie Han, he was the fight choreographer as well and apparently butted heads with Bruce. So he's the guy from Come Drink With Me, I think you're talking about. He's the big yeah. boss guy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. So another another piece of trivia that um, I'll, I'll limit it to this because there's so much more. 
um, is that the I think in the biography, Jackie Chan's biography, Mike, that you lent to me, and also I'd read this other uh, elsewhere as well, is uh, Golden Harvest wanted Bruce Lee to do a film for them because his, uh, his American career wasn't doing so great and he was interested in doing something in Hong Kong. And Golden Harvest was like, ah, you know, like, we'll, we'll, we'll pay. Uh, Shaw Brothers had gone to Bruce and said, we'll pay you $2,000 a film. And Bruce is like, nah, screw that. That's not, it's not, it's not worth my time. And so Golden Harvest managed to strike a deal with Bruce and I think they were going to pay him $15,000 a film. And uh, in Jackie's biography, uh, Jackie had mentioned, because he was working for Low Way at the time, and Lo Wei had been talking because his wife was an executive producer at Golden Harvest. And Golden Harvest were like, no, no, this guy's the shit. Like Bruce Lee is going to set the world on fire, pay him whatever he wants, and we'll get him into a film. And little did they know they were going to shoot in Thailand where the conditions were shit. Hmm. That, that was it. That was my trip. Shit sucks. Also, there's a big urban legend that, that Golden Harvest was like a, a, a real fight and they just kept filming. That's not true. Yeah. I saw that in Dragon, like the one with Jason Scott Lee. Is that what you're talking about? No, I heard the big boss was the one where they had a real fight and they kept the cameras rolling. That's not true, but um, you never know. I thought more of the story is that Lam Ching thought that Bruce Lee was shit, so they had a fight in the hotel to see, and then uh, apparently uh, Bruce Lee sent him flying across the room one of his so he was like, oh, okay then. Yeah, but Lam Ching Ying has all of the body weight of like a four-year-old child, so... <laughs> And this was when Lam Cheng Ying had eyebrows. Did you notice? <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> uh, so does anyone have any other kind of trivia uh, to do with this film? Nah. Uh, there is um, a delete, couple of deleted scenes. that. Uh... Oh, yeah, this is great, Scott. Go into it. So there's clearly a scene where Bruce Lee in the ice factory is fighting all these goons and he picks up a saw. He brings it down and it cuts to something else. If you look online, you can see photos of Bruce Lee with a saw, like a handsaw, in someone's head cut through their head like and you can see photos of it but that scene has been deleted and there's another scene of him uh apparently with a, a prostitute in the brothel and um that has also been deleted like a different scene what are you talking about that's been deleted i saw titties in this film <laughs> more, more titties man more titties different scene it wasn't focused on a bit more on bruce lee getting a bit naked oh okay <laughs> oh really yeah I, I have two things to say about uh, prostitutes and bruce lee getting naked First of all, Bruce Lee has no ass. I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but I noticed that he's got no junk in the trunk at all. The clothes that he was wearing did not flatter his backside. And the second thing I want to say about prostitutes is the uh, the lady who is the prostitute played the prostitute, Miss Wu Man, who actually wasn't a prostitute, Marilyn Batista. Mm-hmm. Uh, she when she took her kit off, and you could see her ju- uh, like jubblies. Um, did anyone else think? that the marks on her boobs were a tattoo of the Southern Cross. <laughs> no. I was like, I saw it and I was like, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. That's for you to post on Instagram. Now I can't. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm going to get a picture of that and I'll just, I'll, I'll blur out the nipples. That'll be okay. <laughs> just put some, uh, like two, two, um, I was going to say put two uh, Christian heads or something on them, on the nipples. Or two, two Bruce faces on the nipples. <laughs> All right. Are we done with trivia? Are we going to move into the? I want to ask something. I don't know anything, but I want to ask something. Is the is that woman who appears a couple of different times? She looks really familiar. She's just sort of a background character. Um, she sells. That's Nora Meow. I don't know who she is. Yeah. But she's selling. She looks really goddamn Nora. familiar. She was in Enter the Dragon. She was also in like I think she's in a few of Bruce's films. And it was a the scandal was that Bruce was having an affair Ooh, with her. Yeah. Oh, she really? says she did. She says she did. She's, oh. she says at the time oh. she thought everyone was happy. So 
but I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it was the means. olden days. It, it was the olden days. People could do what they wanted. It's 50 years ago at this point. Let them do what yeah. they want. Um, she looks like she belongs in an Austin Powers film, though. But what's inter- <laughs> what I find interesting about all the women in this film, her and the other one with the pigtails, uh, sister whatever her name is, um, every time they're, they're always like stealing glances at Bruce the whole movie, and they're always showing close-ups of their faces and then flicking to his face, and they're all like, oh, shucks. I find it pretty <laughs> endearing. I, I thought that uh, Maria Yi, who plays Chow Mei, the main, like, uh, protagonist female i guess she is smoking hot like she is real pretty so you were pretty bummed out when she got offed she didn't get offed no she didn't she lived through the whole film didn't she am i thinking of someone else yeah you're thinking of the um oh sorry sorry. yeah yeah yeah. she gets the knife (laughs) you talk about these ladies splitting glances half those guys have their shirts off because it's hot in thailand (laughs) he's clearly the most handsome of of all the group there who bruce or you mean kun I don't know, man. The, the, the big boss's kid is, is fairly traditionally handsome. Yeah, right. Ra- if he doesn't have some kind of scene career, I'd be very disappointed. Rachel, who is that? He he's quite famous, isn't he? He was like a big thing at the time, right? Uh, I don't actually recognize him. God, you know, what's his name? Tony Liu. Tony Liu, which is uh, he plays the son of the big boss, and he he done like a lot of wushu films, and yeah, traditionally very attractive. <laughs> Blank. <laughs> and I will say he also wore incredibly tight pants and he could pull them off. Also, uh, Bruce Lee was a bit of a Harry High Pants through most of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really hard to get away with it. He's wearing those like baggy kind of traditional pants. So they've, they've got a high waist. Can't get around it. <laughs> so oh, should we... Good. We've done a bit of fun. Let's. Should we move into anything else? Anyone else got anything to say about anything apart from the fights maybe? You, who's rolling dice again? Uh-oh. <laughs> Which response am I going to give today? Critical hit. Going to play a game of death. So this story, is, it's like Nathan said, it's it's fairly simple story. But if you want to dig a bit deeper, it can kind of go into the, the struggles of the immigrant because essentially he is in a foreign country, you know, trying to make a buck. It's kind of the um the the ongoing curse of the immigrant workers, right? Like it, it's reflected in a lot of things. Like in Once Upon a Time in China 4 and that when you've got the Chinese people moving to other countries, like whether it be for mining gold in America or, or going to Thailand for work, whatever it is, and just getting uh, ostracized because of their nationality, right? I'm just going to I'm gonna say something about this film, though. Isn't, apart from like some of the offsiders, aren't all of his problems caused by Chinese people? Yeah, I was also going to say, like, they don't really dig into any of that kind of you know, racism or anything like that. It's it's a little bit in the background there, but it's it's literally the background. Because he's working for a Chinese dude, right? The big boss is yeah. a Chinese dude. And there's a couple of Thai actors sort of as some of the goons filtered in there from from looks of it. But um, there's, there's no like, they didn't really dig into any of that. It's more of a working class kind of thing, maybe? Anybody? <laughs> no, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, he's, he's it's, I guess if, if they were Chinese bosses, um, I don't know if in the true story they were Chinese or Thai, but in this case, if they were all Chinese bosses, it's they've come here uh, to Thailand and they've made a big business in like the criminal underworld. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, yeah, like a guy. And, and it's funny the way that they took Bruce. Um, we'll go through the story a bit later, but they took Bruce and they elevated him when he was starting to ask too many questions. And then that set him apart from the guys that he had worked with. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. quite interesting. Yeah. Like, oh, Mr. Big Shot, huh? Yeah. Well, can I... Uh point that I 
thought was a little weird. Nathan mentioned it earlier. He's got the necklace from his mum, you know, promising not to fight. In in Nathan's version, the Kanto version, I just want to ask, is it the same? Later in the film, when he breaks it, and he's doing his, like, intro monologue, he's going, I promised my 70-year-old mother. And I was like, 70? That's pretty old. Like, how old is he meant to be in the movie to have a 70-year-old mother? You know, I don't scene. remember the the amount of I I don't remember the age of mum. I just remember it being a, a promise. I wasn't gonna fight no more. Yeah, on the version we watched, it didn't mention age. It did in, in when he after when he's um you know at the river later on and he's got the knives and he's doing his intro monologue and he's talking about his promise to his mum and and at that point he says, "I promised my seventeen year old mother." And I thought that was a weird age, and it just stuck with me because of the age amount. I know, unless he could have come from a big family and he's like the last son or something like that. Yeah, it probably explains why he couldn't get any work in Hong Kong and he had to travel abroad because there's no more room for him over there, maybe. So when he first arrives... 29 or so at, at the time when he made the movie, so I just found it like she would have been like over 40 when she had him, if that were right. He's not Donnie and trying to play like a... 13-year-old, <laughs> I was going to say that Bruce Lee is the eternal fountain of youth that Donnie Yen just wishes that he could dip into all the time. You wish, Donnie. You wish you were Bruce. It's okay. Well, we never had, we never had to watch. Yeah, that's what happens when you make, you make like four years worth of... Yeah. Sadness. <laughs> let's, sit, let's sit in that sad note for a second. So he get he comes to the he comes to Thailand with an uncle, who's inter- he introduces him to like a really nice like shack, right? Are you talking about like the food vendor? No, no, no. Like no. where all of these people live. Like he introduced <laughs> all the people. Oh, live with. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a communist village. Is that what women are? Do you say shack? <laughs> if they're serving me ice treats, then yes, it's where I shack up. Right, point taken. I also kind of want to know what um so. Before that, yeah, you're right. They stop at a shack and they get a cold drink. And we're introduced to, to some local heavies, right? And they're all like, I ain't going to pay. This kid comes up, tries to, who also lives with them, is trying to sell them some hot buns, some kind of meat bun. And uh, they just take it and don't pay. And that's our introduction to Cousin whatever his name is. What's his name again? Cousin Chu. Cousin Chu. I'm, I'm, but I want to I point out that Cousin Chu shows up, fights these guys, and then walks home. Yeah. Where was he going? Yeah. What was he doing out on the street? He should have been at work. He was gonna get it. He was gonna get an ice treat. But he didn't get an ice treat. He just left. He beat he was those too guys. busy kicking ass. Wouldn't you want a tasty cold beverage after the fight? No mind about the store scene. Where did the guy go? Yeah, what what is he doing? Where is his whereabouts? That's the real trivia we need to know. Does his mum know he's out? <laughs> I thought it was the little boy that ran off and got him, like when the dumplings got taken off him, and then he went. No, to no, he was just walking up the road. Maybe he was walking to work. Who knows? <laughs> he's he's on his daily rounds because he doesn't even. That's all he does. He just goes around. Yeah, just, just punching people up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just going around, just kicking ass. That's what Terribly. he does with his days off. Fights injustice. Nags on people who are gambling too much and beats up people. Yep. Naughty. <laughs> <laughs> So does anyone want to talk about this crappy fight? No, not really, because it was pretty shit. Well, it just shows that James Chen is a is comp, you know a competent guy and a good guy, and he can you know, wants to beat up these thugs that are harassing his family and his friends. And like he, he's trying to do the right thing, even though his skills were kind of lacking. 
He's got heroic good looks, and I just felt like a lot of the the hits, the punches, and the kicks just didn't quite connect the way they maybe intended it to connect. It looks like he was just placing his foot on people's stomachs, and they were flying backwards. Yeah, and uh, it was shot terribly. It was edited even worse. Uh, and the only thing that kind of saved it was that James Tian truly, in his face, believed that he was kicking ass. <laughs> the other thing about the scene that I, I want to mention, just really briefly, is. Uncle has come back after a really long time. He, him and Bruce Lee are just sitting there having a drink. This fight's happening maybe 30 metres away, and he doesn't even recognise them. <laughs> oh, hey, Uncle. <laughs> he doesn't even say, hi, I'll carry your bags back to the place. No, we have to wait for that scene later on. It's great. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, I think you're right there. Just to go back on, on the James Chen stuff, like maybe that was done on purpose because in the context of this film, Bruce doesn't like kick anybody or fight till like about 40 minutes in. So there's like a tension release there. You think maybe that was done on purpose to sort of, this guy's good, he's not that good. So when Bruce Lee, the main event comes in, shit's going down. No, absolutely. They, they definitely did that on purpose. And he does it again. Bruce does the same thing for uh, Way of the Dragon. Like you get these little snippets of, yeah, Bruce is going to come in, but then he doesn't. And he doesn't start until like, you know, a third or halfway through the film. It's, it's like that the episode of The Simpsons, like that guy's sitting there doing nothing. You know, and he shuts the door and... One of the things that I thought was really funny, though, was every time um, action was going around Bruce and he really wanted to, to join in, he just looks so bored. He looks like he's... It's like he's looking at everyone and going, everyone is so shit, I could show everybody up. And I just love that arrogance about him. He's itching to fight. Yeah, but it makes him a bad actor. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, but So the, that fight happens. They go... They. He goes, hey, this guy's going to be working for you now, right? They drop Bruce off. Yeah, that's good with like a... At the halfway home. <laughs> Brother Shu basically takes everybody under his wing and he's like, I'm going I'm to get you a job. And he, he's like the nicest guy, this guy, Brother Shu. So like he, he meets the crew at the house. They give him a bed and he kind of makes nice pretty eyes at, uh, you know, Chow Mei. And sees... Can I also mention the um, fatty fatso man? I don't know what his name is. <laughs> Um, Akun, yeah, Akun. He like he gets a bit of a line. He gets a little bit of a slight comedic, like huh, dirt. Um, but later on, after he's been spoiler alert murdered, him Bruce goes up to him in such a tender way, like they had a real relationship. <laughs> <laughs> like when he's you know when he's back at the house and he finds them all being murdered, yeah. he's the one he goes up to and like cradles in his arms. I'm like what the fuck was yeah. that about? Because they never reconciled because they had that <laughs> argument. They never reconciled. It was just so funny to me. I don't know. The, like they they right. literally only have like three words said to each other the whole time, but at the end he's like, oh my God, not this guy. <laughs> like there's a murdered child in the back. Damn you! You think he'd be like, oh my God. You know. All right, should, we, should I go through the plot? I might just go through the plot. You guys yeah, jump in whenever you want. Um, so Bruce is working in an ice factory. Uh, with Brother Shu and a whole bunch of their, their their friends, I guess. And they all live in this one house where Chow Mei does all of the cooking for them. And I assume they're all like giving money to her or something like that. And she gets the food and she looks after them. And there's about half a dozen of them. And it, it just looks like a whole bunch of Hong Kong stuntmen working in this ice factory. It looks like a free man house. That's <laughs> yeah, they're all sleeping in pallets on the floor. <laughs> and I, I did notice um, when they had dinner time and they've got like three plates of rice or like three plates of food. And I was like, oh, there's only one or two people eating. But no, it's food for all of them. It just shows that I've got a really big appetite. <laughs> You're greedy. Yeah, that's right. 
Um, but on the first day on the job, Bruce shows up and he's like, oh, you know, what do I do to the foreman? And the foreman's like, I don't fucking know. He's like, go move that ice. And I thought it was funny. I don't know if anyone else picked this up, but Bruce was pushing a piece of ice uh, down this gangway. And as the ice was going down, there was like a piece of wood on the gangway to make the ice fall off because the story requires the ice fall off. And this piece of wood was huge. It was, <laughs> you know, like a, almost like a two by four. And it was to redirect the ice, this big massive block, through the side of the uh, gangway so it was smash on the floor. And this is what sets the rest of the story off because inside the ice is packets of heroin, which is what the ice factory has been doing. Yeah. So, like, what you're supposed to see is Bruce's buff arm push this ice down. And he's so strong that it goes the wrong way and smashes through the little conveyor belt there. Yeah, because Bruce is ripped. <laughs> and one thing I did notice about this particular scene and all the scenes in the ice factory, actually, is there's a big massive bandsaw that comes out of the ground to cut the ice. And I can't see any, like, red tape or anything around it. And I thought, that is incredibly dangerous. <laughs> this whole movie is dangerous. <laughs> oh, it's... That is not a safe workplace. Yeah, health, health they, they, WA would uh, frown down. You know, WorkSafe WA would frown on a lot of these conditions. Yeah, it's just, it's really, and the hygiene just, you know, like, this is Iceman. You're going to be putting this in your drinks. Jesus. <laughs> so there's two guys that find the heroin packet are immediately sort of, hey, your boss wants to speak to you. I, I do love, I love these guys because they must be brothers or something because they talk about their dad as um, like the same person. And uh, the 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 manager, so the foreman's boss, the manager says, "Hey, you know what you see? Hey, here's some money. Here's two thousand bucks, man. Like, you know, just forget what you saw." And uh, I don't know if these kids understand how crime works, but they were like, "No, we don't want your money. We were told not to have anything to do with crime, but don't worry, we won't say anything. <laughs> we won't tell anybody." Ah, <laughs> oh, those poor fools. Can also make mention of the uh, the worker, the foreman, and his goon. He says, "Like a guy with a beard." And a guy with a hat. The guy with the hat is amazing. He's wearing brown cords <laughs> and they're like bell-bottom cords. He's got like a tight shirt. Actually, the fashion in this movie was pretty incredible. And he's wearing like a tight, I don't know, what is it? Like a turtleneck skivvy almost? I don't know. It's like a black thing. And it's a, like a pilot's hat. Kind of like what, uh, you know, like the young ones. What um, uh, What's his name? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking more of a JoJo's thing. We need yeah. JoJo's thing? Or an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> good timing good timing um, but that just shows that crime does pay because if you follow the big boss you're gonna big pants big bell-bottom <laughs> pants and tight shirts in all sorts of colors of the ra- rainbow and then you compare it to the, the like you know bruce and his uh, relatives and friends and they have nothing except the shirts in their backs literally they have a nice house though yeah, but these guys all look like wiggles. They're about different coloured clothes. It's great. <laughs> the thing is, day in, day out, they're wearing the same clothes. So you know it's got to get a little stinky. At least the guys, I think they change their clothes on occasion. Yeah. Well, they're all just wearing dish, dish cloths. So I guess it's not too difficult to wash those. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I haven't mentioned it yet, but Lam Ching Ying is in this film as well. He's one of the stuntmen. He even, he even has some lines. Yeah. Doesn't do much, but he's there. He's mostly smirking, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he's got like, he's actually got a bit of backbone in this film. Like he stands up and he's talking. He's got a bit of attitude. He's got some pretty wicked like 70s hair too. He does no martial arts though, as far as I can see. He doesn't? I don't think so. He does like a couple of brawling moves and I think he gets kicked off the platform into the arms of like a few stuntmen. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't remember seeing him actually do any martial arts. 
Yeah, I wonder because, I mean, you know how his start, how his start in films is as a stuntman, but I don't know whether that includes knowing martial arts or whether he just, he just knows how to fall through a pane of glass or something like that. <laughs> well, later on when he's doing um, movies like Mr. Vampire and a few other ones, like he's got, he's got moves. Or he, at least he knows them well enough to look convincing, if not powerful. But look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna diss uh, Lam Ching Ying because the guy's a legend. So <laughs> rest in peace, Lam Ching Ying. Right, moving on. Oh, and Bruce, and Bruce. Yeah. See, to me, Bruce yeah. isn't dead. Bruce never died. He just lives on in recut movies. I wonder how many people in this film are dead. Actually, a lot of them probably. Everybody. I think James Tian is still alive. James Tian is still alive, laughing his ass off. Uh, Nora, was it Nora Miao is still alive? Is uh, Maria Yi still alive? Still alive, retired. Maria Yi, alive and retired. Call me. Yeah. Well, hang on. I have to check with Amy Kwok first. <laughs> if you look on the Wikipedia and it says was an actor or is an actor, then that, that tells you. <laughs> <laughs> so so they've established that um, the manager of this ice factory is an absolute dirtbag criminal and uh, the people working under him are obviously dirtbag criminals as well. And they kill these two kids in, uh, well, not broad daylight, it's at night, but they kill them like straight there. Like they don't even wait for them to go somewhere else. They just kill them straight away. And then they tell the story, oh, yeah, you know, we promoted them and, you know, they're off. They're probably out gambling or something like that, like feeding some bullshit. Well, you were the last ones to see them alive. And I kind of wonder, right, personally, if they had taken the money, would they have been killed? I'd I'd hope to say no. And then they just get incorporated into the group and then they get a cool hat and maybe a chain as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody looks like Birdie from Street Fighter. <laughs> so, yeah, so they, they didn't make it because they were too righteous. Um, and as we know, uh, Brother Xu is the most righteous. So he, he's not going to take this lying down. No. And he keeps asking, where are these guys? You know, where are these two? And uh, it, which is actually like at the time and thinking as somebody who works in like a working class kind of job, you know, something like that, standing up to authority is is pretty hard thing to do. Like you wouldn't even think it at the time, like you wouldn't think of standing up to your foreman because you might lose your job and your job is the only thing that's keeping you going. So for Brother Stu to stand up and do that, it, it's pretty crazy. Especially when you're in a foreign country. Too. Yeah, Absolutely. So I think that's probably what struck a chord with a lot of people watching this film is um, a lot of working class would have seen this film and said, yeah, man, my boss is a dick. And this guy... That is why it sort of got really popular when it first came out. Yeah, you know, like you got a character, Chinese character, uh, yeah, and the Chinese traditionally are seen as, you know, like kind of quiet, subservient kind of people. And you've got this character, Bruce, who's just like, nah, get fucked. Like, you know, <laughs> I want that as a quote in a T-shirt. Bruce says, get fucked. <laughs> With him pointing the finger, yeah. That's, yeah, that's his yeah. that's his get fucked pose. <laughs> Donnie's tried to to copy it, but he can't. He can't say it with the same kind of authority. Yeah, that's right. You know what though? Donnie does a good middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Bruce has got a patent on that that first finger, so Donnie had to go one down. <laughs> can, we, can we just make mention like uh, the blood is bright red paint? It's fantastic. I love it. Oh yeah. It dries really thick, yeah. It's like melted down redskins. That's what it is. Uh, that's the that's the toffee lolly for people who are wondering what the hell Sam's talking about. Yeah, he's not being racist. <laughs> uh, 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 redskin lollies like international or no. is that only in Australian? Right? Oh, is it only Australia? Wait, are they called something else now? Actually, ah, uh, like the, uh, the the fads. The yeah, well, they used to be. Yeah, that's right. They used to be something else. <laughs> Not trying to say a rude word here, but they used to be called fags, as in the the word for cigarettes. 
There's a red. lot of things that are called bad things back <laughs> in the day. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, they're definitely, they're still called redskins. And I searched image for redskin lollies and you know what came up? Well, first of all, a packet of redskin lollies, <laughs> but also... <laughs> Also, a packet of Arnott's Gollywog Biscuits. Yes. Oh, shit. Don't, I don't want to hear any arguments about bring back Gollywogs or something like that, please. <laughs> oh, man. Christian's this episode, fine. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, what you're going to hear is agitation to get rid of the Redskins. Mm. Let's, get rid, let's get rid of that name. They're a, great, they're a great lolly. I don't want to be reminded oh, yeah. of terrible shit every time I bite into one. They're tasty as hell. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're a red, oh, super tasty. Uh, toffee, I guess, if for lack of a... Chewy toffee or something. Yeah, they're, they're quite nice. But I mean, like, you know, we at the AAC, we poke fun at things like old school racism. <laughs> yeah, you and Rachel can po- poke all you want at uh, Asian racism. You're allowed. Um, I'm going to sit most of it out, okay? <laughs> uh, if we diversify our cast large enough, we can make fun of everything. <laughs> I was surprised, um, Sam, that you haven't brought up that James Tien was in the My Lucky Stars series, like in nearly every single one. My Lucky Stars? Who was he? My Lucky Stars? Or oh, Aces Go Places? He was, uh, he was the boss in Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. He was actually in the other one surrounding just as random different characters. He was in nearly all of them. Yeah. And he's also in The Prodigal Son, which is uh, the movie too. Um, and a whole bunch of Jackie Chan's movies after uh, the, the low way movies that he did um, with uh, Jackie Chan. So half a loaf of kung fu, spiritual kung fu, uh, was um was James Tian the guy that came in to help negotiate with Jackie and the triads? Who knows? I can't. I, I can't remember the exact role, but I was just looking at his filmography, and yes. Oh, okay. Maybe an episode again, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, clap. You have to rewatch it. You have to rewatch it. <laughs> Never gonna happen. All right. <laughs> so moving on with the plot, we've got bad guy, and he's killed off two of these lackeys, and uh, brother Shu is obviously like a bit pissed off, and still to this day, uh, well, to this point in the film, Bruce has not thrown a single punch because he's still got that necklace. That means that he can't fight anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, we're stuck with James Tien doing his terrible <laughs> kind of like pantomiming fighting. Um, so then Brother Sue, he's standing up and he said, no, no, I'm going to go see the big boss and we're going to have a talk and I'm going to find out where these guys are. And so he, Brother Sue goes there and he's saying, where, where are these two guys, man? Like, where are my brothers? I know you've got them because they came and saw you and they never came home. And he starts accusing them basically. And the big boss does try to kind of placate him and say, hey, you know, like, I can make you rich if you just say nothing. And Brother Shu's like, I don't need your money. I'm too righteous. My righteous fury fuels me. Not uh, If he were a better fighter, I could see why he would want to be that righteous. But he's not a very good fighter. He so. thinks he is, though. Didn't, he go, with some, didn't yeah. he go with another guy? Yeah, he went with another dude. Isn't there yeah. another guy? And he gets his ass beat. Yeah. yeah, it's probably because he had his shirt open to his navel. You don't do that. <laughs> just leave yourself open. It's hot then, man. Human. <laughs> and I, I kept noticing that uh, Brother Shu, uh, is it just me or is his pants not fitted as well as Bruce's pants? Because he's got these shoes and when he walks, I just think, man, like you just look like you're about to go to bed. You look like you're wearing pajamas and some slippers. Whereas when Bruce is wearing those pants and the, the feet, you just think, yeah, he's going to kick you in the face. I think I think it's just that he's gone more local. He's opened it, opened himself up a bit more to get more breezes in there. 
<laughs> he likes the wind in his hair. We also say that Charmaine is always wearing pajamas in this film. You call that pajamas. <laughs> so, uh, so Sue uh, is in the compound, the big boss's compound, and now all of the boss's lackeys have come out and they're going to be teaching Sue a lesson. And Sue knows this. So you've got people with like chains, you've got people with knives. They're essentially double with... dragon bad guys. Yeah. yeah. Does somebody have a sword? No, I don't think there was a sword. There was a pipe because I saw that it was very bendy. <laughs> what was that, Scott? Couple of axes, like Tomahawk. Oh, oh yeah, no, that's right. That had, yeah. yeah. This fight's pretty good. Like, it's all right. Yeah. Are we going to go through the fight or do you want to go through the plot? I'm happy to go through the fight. Sorry. Well, I'm just, yeah, okay. Let's go through the plot. And then they get uh, chopped up into ice. I, I, I take it. They, they dispose of the bodies. You see them, like, using the tools there. Yeah, that's where the bandsaw on the floor comes in really handy. That's pretty gruesome. <laughs> Does that seem like the worst place to like hide a body ever, though? Like you want to dispose of it, not like keep it frozen and so they can trace it back to you <laughs> and keep it stored in your ice shed as well. That's kind of stupid. It's really. Thailand in '71, baby. I don't see. <laughs> you think it would melt? <laughs> you should have just put it in the forest. Something was going to eat it. Probably the VC. This movie is actually kind of pretty horrific, and I don't know what um, what Hong Kong cinema films were like at the time, but it, it seems like to tread the line between a horror and, I don't know, like an action or even a drama. Yeah, there's a bit of mystery to it. It is a bit <laughs> violent. I mean, that's why it got all the cuts, right? Even though it's already quite violent and there was still more, but they already took stuff out of it. Yeah. Compared to something like Come Drink With Me, which was like a couple of years beforehand, and the, the difference in the action there. Yeah, like this This seems excessively violent. No, maybe they were trying to blaze a new trail. I would say is that a Golden Harvest thing as opposed to Shaw oh, Brothers? Shaw Brothers, yes. Yeah, Shaw Brothers would never do that. I mean, there were some pretty, um, I don't know, sexy movies. <laughs> what the hell, man? Horror movies, right? There's there's some, right? There's some with a bit of nudity or something, right? I but just Shaw Brothers had a scene where somebody steps on their own intestine. Like, that's yeah. way more gruesome than it is. Yeah, but it's not, like, sustained. I feel like there's only one or two scenes in the, in that kind of movie, and then this is just, like, blood everywhere all the time. I don't know. Yeah, no, you I right. mean, it's a different time as well, but, yeah. Hey, yeah. I don't mean to derail the conversation here. We're about 50 minutes in, and Nathan, can you roll me a six? Yeah, right. <laughs> I did, dude. I got <laughs> 11. <laughs> six in the five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the Golden Harvest movie, right? Sam? Sorry? The Golden Harvest movie, right? Uh, yes, I actually was just going to say that I have not mentioned that this is a bong 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 film, but Thank this you. is definitely a bong 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 film. That's okay, I mentioned it earlier, so you covered <laughs> Well, the floor is yours to sing the song. Uh, bong 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 bong. <laughs> The bad sound quality on this actually made the sound bad. <laughs> like it's made it sound like it was a terrible synth. No, made it sound authentic. Uh, right, go, go. So going back, going back to the plot, they basically rinse and repeat the old. Uh, hey, you know, like yeah, I saw them, but they probably went gambling or something. But this time, the the guys aren't having it, and they go on strike essentially, right? And then they're told to go back to work. Yeah, they revolt. They basically they create this big ruckus, this big hoo ha. Um, and Bruce hasn't actually joined in yet because no. they're having everybody is fighting and Bruce is not fighting because he he promised his mum. Bruce did attack some guys. We we did miss a shitty crappy fight where some guys gambling the people who run the gambling house chase up uh what's his name? Brother or well, cousin shoot and they have a bit of a fight and he does punch a couple of dudes during that fight. 
Yeah, sneak, in the ball. Sneakily. Yeah, because his mum won't see that shit. No. No, no. If you run, it's, it's not fighting if someone runs into your fist, right? If I stand here. <laughs> anyway, My yeah. My fists so, are in the way of your balls. So the workers at the the workers at the ice factory decide they're going to revolt because everybody's going missing all the time, and um, so they're like, "Fuck you, we're not going to work anymore." And so the boss calls in a bunch, essentially the same thugs as like that killed that were at the boss's place who killed Tian, uh, uh, Shu, and all those guys, those two dudes. Is that right? Or am I making that up? Well, that the foreman and his his, hat, his goons like hat going on. They start like bringing out poles and fighting, and the 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 boss of the ice factory, not the big boss, the other boss. He's like. He makes a phone call on a rotary phone. He says, we need some help. And then uh, the, the red bus of rubble, rubble, rubble comes up. I love the number. Like, call the operator goes, three, six, six, please. <laughs> it's like the big boss, quick. Gets it immediately. I love that the goons just show up on a bus as well. That was pretty cool. <laughs> and jump out the bus, the Dukes of Hazard style. You know. <laughs> well, that's how union busters did used to arrive. So it's like, rub, 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 and they'll get out, and then it's like, Bruce is still hanging back. He's itching to fight, but he's hanging back. He's hanging back until somebody runs into him and grabs his necklace, and then all shit breaks loose. Yeah, the, but we'll get the into the fight. breaks, and it's like his power comes back to him. That's like, the funniest scene. I love watching that scene because it breaks. He looks at it and goes, ah! and just leaps into action. It's It always gets me every time. So Bruce then has a fight and uh, wins. <laughs> I like how I just uh, sticking with the plot here. I like how after the fight, um, the manager kind of calls him in and then elevates Bruce to the uh, the position of foreman, uh, which means that Bruce now is responsible for keeping the rest of the guys in line, which I think is a masterstroke. And if I ever get into a position of management, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm gonna do: is I'm gonna pick the loudest person and go, "You're now the boss." <laughs> Like it's a second down the job too, isn't it? You got- I did like the fact that when um, you know Bruce starts in this fight, everyone's been fighting for a good five minutes, going backwards and forwards, and showing them struggling against each other. He comes and he's like smack, 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 and all the people lying on the floor. It's like he only has so to hit much- them once. Yeah, they just fall down, and you're like, oh shit, he's pretty tough. In the same way they got on, <laughs> off rather. No, he, he specifically points at the guy. He, Bruce points at the guys who came by the bus. He's like, "You, you, 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 and you, get out of here." There's been a misunderstanding. <laughs> That's what he does. And they listen. Yeah, and they listen. No, they they're listen, all being yeah. beat the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his fists and his feet are really loud, so. <laughs> so then this this. Uh, oh, Terrible word, <laughs> you know, like almost Batman is. <laughs> I think, I think at this point we also have to mention the fact that uh, Bruce's, you know, his his trademark sounds have been overdubbed to the point of ridiculousness. I don't know if it was the same on your copy of the film, but holy shit, no. it's like they're showing they're showing his face, like they're literally showing his face. It's not doing anything, and there's there's. Oh, we watching. I, don't, I was watching. He was watching H- the Canto dub. I was watching a HK, HK Legends Canto dub. Yeah, the Mandarin good. one. I don't think I even heard. I don't think I heard a single one of his. What? It was that was oh, all the way. Anytime there was a fight going on with him in it, it was just all the time, all the time. Didn't stop. The Canto dub. Wow. Maybe it was secretly the voice actor doing that the whole time. Because yeah, Bruce didn't do that in the Mando dub at all. <laughs> Mando, Canto, and I'm the Mando. Sorry. Yeah, no, we'll stick with that because that sounds cool. What's what's Bruce's favorite drink? What? 
Mm. <laughs> Classic primary school joke, right? Yeah. Wax on, wax off, all that stuff. <laughs> I'm not Bruce Lee. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, moving on with the story. I like how he just like, uh, into the, the void there. <laughs> <laughs> so, after Bruce gets elevated to the, uh, the role of uh, foreman, He's doing well, except that immediately after. So the whole point of them creating a ruckus was to find out where Brother Sue is. And after creating all this ruckus and Bruce gets elevated to a foreman, everybody celebrates, completely forgets that Brother Sue has been missing. They do a big celebratory march back to the ho- the house. And it's like, oh, yeah, what about them? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah shit. <laughs> That's right. He's gone. He's probably dead. Nah, may never forgets, though. She just stares at the, at the porch. And the sun sets and the sun rises again. <laughs> yes, the transition of, of the next day is like a very quick zoom to a, a sun rising or a sun setting. It's, it's like, huh, what? Boom, next day. I did notice, I don't know if it was here, but at some points in the film, you had the soundtrack playing like a particular sound, like whether it's the marching sound or something like that. And then it would be immediately like a smash cut to nothing. Yeah. So it's just no transition at all. There's not much music in here, it, but the music it uses like a bit of surf guitar, like, and a bit of like James Bond kind of. Yeah, a little bit. It has a little bit of that James Bondy type thing. Kind of, you know, horns and stuff. But there's not much of it. But yeah, like it just cut and stop halfway through, like to silence. Well, one of the things I was going to say is um, 1971, one of the films that was out was Diamonds Are Forever, uh, oh, which yeah. was like the third highest grossing film. And I think this film was the highest grossing Hong Kong film. But in the in the wider world, I don't think it gained traction until much later, which is why it ended up being called Fist of Fury in, in the US. So, yeah, um, they're like, oh, yeah, well, we're, we're happy he got promoted, but, yeah, our friends are still missing. So he's like, oh, you know, we'll sort it out. Yeah, and every time Bruce tries to raise the question of it, his boss keeps doing things like inviting him out to dinner and stalling. And, uh, and that's what makes everybody else kind of suspicious of Bruce. They're just like, oh, we're having a good time, are we? You do know that our brother has been missing for a while now. And Bruce is like, God damn it. He gets out like one company dinner and they get him, uh, you know, shit-faced on the Hennessy. On the Hennessy. This is what you really pay the price of admission for. <laughs> Watching Bruce get drunk. Drunk Bruce is my favorite Bruce. <laughs> Pretty great. And he literally runs out of the uh, the brothel and bumps into Chow May. It's like, oops. <laughs> Where she apparently delivers laundry or something like that. And I bet you they go through a bunch of sheets. Whoa! Ooh. Uh, I'm going to find a picture of uh, Chow Mei's face and I'm going to put a meme up and it's going to be captioned uh, when, you, when your bae finds you at a brothel and it'll be her face. <laughs> Disapproving face. They're not, even a, they're not even in a relationship yet. I know. You sort of make eyes at each other. Are we, are, we, are we to assume that they're in a romantic relationship at this point? Well, it's, it's all right if you go to a brothel because no one will think shit about you. <laughs> No, well, I mean, they're not in a relationship. Let's be realistic. She's the one woman for like, what, 50 dudes? Chow May? Like, <laughs> like I'm, just, I'm just saying men get lonely. Are they all cousins? <laughs> <laughs> are they, are oh. they cousins? Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> oh that's rough. Yeah. I was going to say, I wouldn't want like my crush to find me in a brothel. I want to keep that shit secret. <laughs> I just, I was, I was just keep every time you keep saying a name, it's like Chow May, and I'm like, it's so close to Chow Main. <laughs> <laughs> making me hungry. The food on that bloody table is making me hungry. Mm. I'm glad, like, I'll skip to the end of the movie. She's the smartest one in the whole movie because she actually goes and gets the police in the end. Yes. <laughs> oh, 
I didn't know I'd do that like that. This is a really uh, dumb thing to say, but I just assumed that the police were all completely paid off. Because that's what that's I thought too. Heroin. And that they did say that he was that... good friends with the police chief, so that's what I thought that was true. That would explain why the worker girl is having this giant smirk when she lets her chow me out of the, out of that um, building. I was like, huh. Also, I thought um, getting your back to putting that ash on my titty. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that she was going to let her run that way, and the dogs were that way, and they're going to like eat her or something. <laughs> <laughs> No, she actually just left and got the police. They were Chekhov's dogs, but they didn't come back. I also thought the, the, the boss's justification for why they're running heroin was like, hey, how much money do you think Ice Factory makes? It's like, he's got a point. <laughs> Let's just do some cocaine then. So, uh, so yeah, so everybody's looking down on Bruce and they're just like, oh, you know, we should never have trusted this guy. All he does is live the high life. And Bruce is trying to get the bosses to, um, you know, to, to do something about it. And he he goes and speaks to the big boss and the big boss kind of tests him out by sending his German shepherds onto <laughs> Bruce. And, uh, oh, my God. This is the thing that really annoyed me, and I know it annoyed Bruce as well, is they had a lot of these shots of Bruce flying, like jumping on trampolines and flying through the air. Because if you fly, then it proves your martial arts is really good. There's so much wire work. I guess it's a long way as well, but where it's not necessary. It's not like it's a fantastic movie or something, as in, you know, fantasy or something. Yeah, no, it completely ruined it for me. But it, it does kind of play the part, which is to show the bad boss guy that Bruce can handle himself, I guess. I read somewhere that... um the scenes of him close up with the dogs were shot in Hong Kong because if you look at the sky, it's blue sky. And when he's jumping around outside, it's overcast. And Isn't gray. that whole compound supposed to be shot in Hong Kong? Is it? The big no. one. I don't think not. I don't think so because there's definitely like a, a Thai sort of like statuary I, sort of thing in the in the last fight sequence. They shot that. That compound is shot in a Thai Buddhist temple like a mausoleum. And mm-hmm. they did uh, pick up shooting of that fight with him and the big boss in Hong Kong. And it was at a golf club, like a golf resort. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so certain scenes were shot at different places. Is that why there's also a massive difference between how the scenes look and the, the lighting? Because there's a lot, of, a lot of sequences in that last fight sequence where it moves from quite well lit and well shot to almost like oh this is a handy cam yes like the opening scene when they've had like the zoom in looks like they're using a nokia with zoomed in like 40 digital zoom but yeah like the, the the film quality was pretty inconsistent but as i said to you nathan before they shot this film like bruce was brought on in june 1971 and this film was released in september 1971 so <laughs> they had like no time to film What's editing? Yeah. Yeah, like crazy, crazy. No no time at all. Can we talk a bit about the big boss character himself? The character is Xiaomi. The actor is Ying Chi Han. And anytime he's on screen, he's getting a massage. <laughs> yeah, like tiny little like hands falling on your shoulder. That wouldn't do shit for me. She's and they show him doing a little bit of kung fu in the beginning. Like he kind of challenges his son and his mates. He gives his, his son some shit. He's like, that's not how you do it. This is how you do it. Stab, 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 stab. <laughs> so he's kind of showing he can fight a little bit, but I'm not like, oh, he's the big bad, you know. He's like, oh, he's just the boss, you know. But you know he is because of the name of the movie. I don't know why, but I kept thinking he looked like um, Adam Sandler. Maybe it's just me. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably just me. I was thinking he looks like giant Baba with a moustache. <laughs> like Baba the elephant? No, sorry. It's just a Japanese wrestler. It's like a giant... He's a very tall, strange uh, The long face. <laughs> Why the long face? Uh, so Bruce's visit to the big boss doesn't end up very well. And uh, the big boss is kind of like, no, 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 no. Don't worry, we're on it. And then Bruce does some investigating. And guess what? Bruce is a shit detective. 
his whole detective like ability is to run to different places and go, you seen these guys? No. So that's all he does. He does a lot of running. So Bruce's detective agency is just like a guy who can run. Well, it's detective work plus cardio. <laughs> yeah. Also, I like watching the people gawking in the background when he's around town and stuff. They're all like staring at the camera, like directly going, huh? Oh, yeah, who is this guy? They didn't get a permit to film this. They just don't. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, it's surprising that like extras didn't just pop onto the stage and just kind of like poke their faces into the camera. <laughs> there was like a secondary plot point that went underneath here where the boss's son is going to get a girl for the boss and it happens to be Chow May. Well, that's well, that's why they steal her, isn't it? Like, kind yeah, of. they steal. Isn't isn't this? Doesn't the son also like encounter her at the like river the at river. some point? Yeah, that was very early on, and Bruce kind of sees them, and uh, that's when the the <clears throat> the son kind of walks away, and Chow Mei goes to Bruce, and he kind of holds her in this heroic pose, which looks <laughs> corny as hell, puffy chest pose. Yeah, it's like with his chin out, kind of like, yeah, what do you want? You want some? <laughs> and the son was just like you can't do shit because you're wearing your mum's necklace you little bitch but he's wearing a sick pink uh, button up shirt hell yeah he is he looks bigger than, than Bruce anyway bigger and taller so he probably is taller Bruce isn't that tall I think um, James Tien was taller than Bruce <laughs> and wider I mean <laughs> oh, yeah yeah. James Tien has had a lot of loving <laughs> but yeah so Bruce is doing this detective work and is this when he ends up going to the factory? Because uh, he's yeah, he goes to the prostitute first, and she goes, "You know, they're smuggling heroin, right?" And he's like, oh, "Of course!" Like, <laughs> there's like the answer that I was looking for. And then he goes back to like the the boys, and they chew him out. And then he goes to the factory. Yeah, Kun is really giving him grief. He's like, "Oh, look at the big man! What's he doing? Oh, he's eating cold food." I thought it was a bit unnecessary. There's a misunderstanding. They're like, oh, Mr. Big Shot, eh? He's totally lost face with these guys. Yeah. If any of you dickheads did that to me, I would be out the door. I'd be like, I don't need this shit. I'm out of here. I'll see you at work on Monday. (laughs) That's right. I got to go get my own apartment. (laughs) Don't work with the same people you live with. It's a bad idea. Yeah. The ice factory by flying over the gate with his torch. That torch looks like would just murder someone too. That's an old seventies torch. I think he does Very murder someone head. with it. Yeah, he does. He throws it at somebody's head. <laughs> That's true, and he, he sneaks into the ice warehouse through the very like secret mesh gate <laughs> where the ice goes through to get stacked up. Like again, and I think we mentioned this earlier, but like he's looking around with the torch and sees like the severed head of his friend in one block of ice and a foot. And a girl's head for some reason. I don't know who the girl was. That's the uh, the prostitute because she got murdered by um, the son. That was some quick work because this is all happening in the in the one night. And then, of course, he gets caught. Also, yeah, the, those faces in the ice, even at like four years old, I was like, that's fake. That looks weird. The, there was a guy's face that looked like maybe like a printout yeah. or a so- drawing <laughs> or something. And then the other one's just like doll's heads or something like that. Firstly... <laughs> Doesn't seem to give any shits about this at all. He doesn't seem to care about any of these deaths until he gets home. And then he's all sad about, oh, he's sad about that one guy. I don't get it. Doesn't he like pop up? Like when when he finds all these uh, cut up bodies and stuff, they turn the light, the bad guys turn the lights on and they've just got a whole gang of people ready to kill Bruce. So he he doesn't have time to worry about it. He's too busy like killing fools. Why is it a red room? 
Like, it makes sense for the audience not to know that they're there, but they would have had to have spent a lot of time and noise getting into the position that they're in. Yeah, that's right. And they turn the light on. So why didn't he notice them? I don't know. Maybe they're really good at surprise birthday parties. Because because it was red lighting. You couldn't see a thing. Yes, the... yes red is the color of danger. So he sneaks in as all. It's to preserve the ice from melting, you need a red room. Yeah, that's right. What the hell? How's the ice not melt? Because they've all got their sleeves rolled up. No one's breathing like, you know, the cold air. How's the ice not melting? Because it's not real. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Did they prop ice? I don't know. Or maybe it's just so thick that it is slowly melting, but, you know. These are the questions. It's not, it's not the water might drain into another sluice and they just make another another ice cube with it. So it's like perpetual motion, just never-ending ice? Yeah, as long as you have energy, yeah. So they also would have to rely on the invention of plastic by then because then you've got to keep your cocaine from getting wet. So I don't know what year this movie is set in because, yeah. I think, it's, I think it's contemporary. I think it's 1971. They do have plastic because there's plastic. In, they've got plastic bags inside the uh, inside the ice. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And he pulls one out and opens it up. <laughs> yeah. If you saw a plastic bag of white powder, would you like put your fingers in the sniff and be like, oh, I'm not touching that. That's probably drugs. Probably well, my, my, problem, my problem with that is I've never had heroin, so... How the hell do I know what it is if I taste it? What what does that prove to anyone? Unless I get unless it makes me fucking high, how the hell do I know it's drug? <laughs> oh, oh, what a great joke that was. Uh, so yeah, so we're we're still at the ice factory because we never left it. Uh, nothing happened technically. So uh, so yeah, they have this fight at the ice factory, and uh, we'll get into fights a little bit later. Um, but this sets up the uh, the last bit of the the movie, which is. Bruce now having murdered everybody is uh, is on his way to the big boss's mansion. And I don't know why, but he went to go get a packet of chips. Because he wanted to look badass when he went. And he also wanted to sharpen his knives. Um, but it, can we go back to the ice factory just for a little bit? Yes. Because at this point, he kills his son. He kills the big boss's son. Yeah. So the son orders all these dudes to kill him. And he beats the hell out of all of them. This is actually a pretty good fight, but we'll go over the fight before. But plot-wise, he kills the son at this point. Also, isn't while this is happening, they go and murder like everybody at the house? Yeah, it's it's cut it's cut with um, them going to the house, killing all of his friends, and taking uh, Chow Mei. So basically, everybody is murdered. Uh, Bruce has got uh, nothing left. No one left. Well, Chow Mei is still alive, but yeah. So Bruce is now on a big revenge trail. Well, he has a little moment at the river. He's like, Sharpening his knives. You know, I have to do this because otherwise, yeah, he's, uh, my friends will, will have died in vain if I don't get revenge. Yes. And then uh, and then he goes and gets his packet of chips. I think they're corn chips because uh, they, they don't love potato chips. They I, thought, like I thought, chips. I honestly, I thought they were uh, like um, dried pork. You know, the pork crackling, the dried pork crackling. That's what I thought they were, they were for a bit. Oh, they could be dried pork crackling. But I mean, he's got pretty low body fat, so I don't think he would. Um, yeah, but he's about to, uh, he's about crackling. to like expend about 15 billion calories i think he can manage that's true that's true baked not fried they're clearly you know pringles i think someone mentioned (laughs) prawn crackers in some in some like um discussion about continuity or something so probably prawn crackers okay i could see that not non-pink prawn crackers like uncolored non-colored yeah possibly yeah possibly they they don't look as thick and they have a little bit of a crunch (laughs) but that could be after after audio Yeah, oh, we're talking a lot of time things. talking about these crackers. <laughs> this is weird that he's eating crackers when he's about to go murder some fools. So. I think they're just trying to show that he don't, he don't give no. <laughs> <laughs> this is my DGAF pack of chips. <laughs> so he shows up with a pack of chips, and 
And interestingly enough, the dogs are nowhere to be seen. I was so surprised by that. I thought he was definitely going to stab them dogs. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to do like an Arnold Schwarzenegger true lies and smash the dogs' heads together or something like that. For a brief moment, I thought he'd been smart, and then the the bag was gonna he was gonna throw what was in the bag to the dogs. Ah, oh. so we got we had, we had five minutes of dogs jumping over the sky or something <laughs> like that, you know, and then and then nothing. Yeah, I was yeah. really disappointed with the lack of dogs in the situation. They were, they were worried that <laughs> that Peter was going to get involved and, and stop them beating up the dogs. Huh? Yeah, that's true. Crickets. Peter, Peter, Peter oh, would have been very oh. disappointed. <laughs> Add some crickets there, man. That's uh, <laughs> I was like, who's, who's the character? No, no, talking about, you know, yeah. idiots. Peter, uh, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> So he challenges all these dudes. So, you know, he fights the motley crew of, like, chain-wielding, knife-wielding, bar-wielding douchebags because they're told to go fight him by the boss. And he's like, you guys don't have to fight me. You could just leave. Yeah, he's like, it's none of your business. Give me a, t- give me a chance. None of your business. And they still want to fight him. I really I really wish he had said to, said to the big boss, like, ah, I killed your kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he doesn't just rub him in your face at all. Yeah. I killed your kid. Um, because I don't think he even knows that um, the big boss has the girl at this point, does he? Ah, uh, you know she's missing. She's missing, yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't know she's gone there. No. He doesn't know much. I mean, all he knows is from running around and asking people, what do you know? <laughs> like a really a, a really bad Ryu from uh, Shenmue? I never played Shenmue, so no. You know where I can find some sailors? <laughs> Have you seen a black car? It's a deep cut. Thanks. Yeah, deep cut. So this fight's pretty good. Do you want to go through? And that's pretty much the end of the movie. Uh, Chow Mei gets released by one of the put-upon, abused house girls. She runs against the cops. The cops come and arrest Bruce Lee. And it literally says, the end. Because he's going to prison. Yes, that's the end of the movie. Also, the way he kills the, the boss, he, he kind of pisses the North Stars him, shoves his fingers in his chest. Yeah, and blood pouring down. I thought we are going to go through that stuff in the fight. Yeah, why don't we start at this fight and go backwards? Because we've actually been talking longer than the movie went at this point, I think. Yes. No, it's an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, I checked. Now, we can talk about this fight and then move backwards from there. Because this fight is probably one of the best fights in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll start. So, Bruce is fighting. And uh, I I love the look on Bruce's face. He's got a very expressive face when he's fighting. He looks really angry. And he does this thing where he gets into stance and he kind of like shakes his knee. And he, he moves around. As I don't know if any of you knew this, but one of his legs is shorter than the other, and he had a undescended testicle. Um, I don't know what that has to do with what? the fight, but it's just some interesting trivia that you might want to know. Well, it means he can't get nutted on that side. That's got to help you in a fight. Yeah, yeah so he's semi-impervious. i got to agree here. Bruce Lee emotes so well at anger and disgust. Like, he is so furious. And it makes me think, like, maybe he would have been a good villain later on down the line. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, his his face is just really expressive. To the point of hilarious almost, but yeah, I wonder if he would have considered playing a villain or later on in his career would have been a good villain. Donnie Yen should be a good villain. <laughs> yeah. He is a good villain. <laughs> he was a villain in Once Upon a Time in China too. Yeah. Yeah, he died. Um, <laughs> I always, whenever I see Bruce in any kind of stance or even just like walking around normally, I feel bad for his back and his neck because his neck just kind of juts out the front there. And I think, just go see a chiropractor or something, man, because that's not normal. Like, your posture's all off, man. All off. Wasn't this, this was the point after he had his back broken in that fight? 
in real in real life, like he'd come back from, you know, severely injuring himself in his back. Maybe it's like part of that. If Bruce Lee, like the dragon movie with Jason Scott Lee, is anything to be believed, it was because of the uh, fight that he had. He fought that supernatural thing of armor at some point. I don't think we should should uh, take that away from him. That supernatural armor was coming from his whole life. No, let's not make light of that. Yeah, until he found those mystical nunchucks. Yeah. Some people just live more interesting lives than others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he's fighting all these dudes. What I was surprised about in this particular fight sequence isn't so much um, how good it is, because it is very good and impactful, but it's how much weapon work he does. He's stabbing the fuck out of people. I don't know. I don't remember why um, he's remembered for those nunchucks from Enter the Dragon so much. He should be remembered for stabbing these fools with knives. He stabs every <laughs> motherfucker with knives in this film. I know, it's, it's super violent, and it's like he's really getting some hardcore revenge here. He's cutting people's chests open. He's cutting their faces up. He gets a few stabs to him too. He's, he's, he's yeah, and they're his knives. Brought him from home. Yeah, he throws a lot of knives. Just to to bring back like continuity, there was one thing. He gets slashed in the earlier fight at the ice thing across his shoulder, or, mm-hmm. or like, and then when he's fighting the big boss and ends up taking off his his shirt, there's no cut there. That's because <laughs> he, he heals like more a... around on his blade. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying Bruce Lee is Wolverine? Yep. Yeah, I am. Exactly. Too bad he couldn't get over that brain aneurysm or whatever. And what was the problem? He looked like a Panadol after sex. Make sure I don't do that. Because <laughs> that kills everybody. Jesus. Um, no. So, But I just wanted to go to that point that there is a lot of actual weapon fighting in here. He brings the weapons. They're, they're not what usually happens in these films is that uh, the hero doesn't bring a weapon and then has uh, impromptu weapons or improvised weapons. He comes ready to kill motherfuckers with knives. He's ready to fight. Yeah. yeah. The choreography here is actually really good between him and the, the big boss guy. They do a couple of like intricate moves. Not a lot because Bruce just resorts to kind of haymakers and spinning kicks because they look fancy on camera. But there's a couple of like close quarters moves that he does with the, the big boss. And I, I really appreciated that because it looked really nice, really well choreographed. Yeah. This fight was good. Yeah. yeah that, that ending where he puts his fingers in his body is fucking... Bananas. Yeah, like Iron fingered him right in the rib cage, and you can see the blood pissing down the bottom of the big boss's coat. You mean the paint? Yeah, yeah the red <laughs> yeah, that's paint. right. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of red paint in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's almost a slasher film. <laughs> well, the the one that was the worst was when he um after the ice fight he goes back to his house and then he sort of sits down and leans in this puddle of red paint that's like dragging from the fatty fatso i think was the name they were giving artun <laughs> and, and it was so much like so terrible red paint like part of it had dried on the outside <laughs> just in in the middle uh that was just yeah there is one scene where um i think it's during the uh the fight at the ice factory where all the goons come out someone gets hit in the head of the pole and there's a quick cut and you see the the paint running down there yeah oh yeah that's right it's a really small cut isn't it it's It's a tiny cut it's almost as if like the uh the blood bag didn't burst straight away (laughs) there's also a shot in the in the end sequence where he's where bruce stabs a dude and there's like an arterial spray just just like one one like goopy spray past his face yeah it doesn't land on him just goes whoop like like someone's it does a little sound effect yeah it does it does like a little sauce bottle a bit too hard yeah there's like a little bit of a sound effect i thought that was pretty funny i was just gonna say so if we go back in time then to the earlier fight at the ice factory i actually like that fight better than i like the the end fight only because of the amount of people and 
and weapons that were throwing around. And because they have like the stupidest things that happen, I think Scott sent the picture around where he kicks the guy through the wall of the it's <laughs> like the, the human cutout. Bugs Bunny hole in the wall. <laughs> I read that that was Lowe's idea, and Bruce absolutely fucking hated it, and he 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 did not want to do it at all. But Lowe was just like, no, no, we're gonna do it, and they did it. Like the rest and, of this uh, movie is total serious. Well, some of, like I could, in a different movie, that's funny. In a different movie, yeah. that's funny. But in this movie, in a Stephen Chow. In the big boss, they was like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes no sense. The other thing is, like, those giant ice picks that people start fighting with are, like, the worst weapons ever. Like, no Very one hurts them, anyone yeah. with them. It's like, why even bother? Just pick up the sticks or something. <laughs> they work so much better. Did you see that in one of the fights, he used the ice pick and he, uh, he closed it around, I think, Bruce or one of the other characters, and, and they shut. just ducked underneath it? Yeah, it didn't <laughs> yeah, shut properly, because right. it's, it's not designed to close completely. But for the most part, I thought the fighting in this film was kind of okay. It wasn't anything crazy. It was probably more shocking because of the knife work than anything because people were getting stabbed. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Did he like, have 20 versions of that knife, you know, with the gold handle and the two studs in it? Because, like, he seems to use it in different murders and leave the weapon there. And then he's got another version. It's like he's got, like, at the back of his car, like, a bag full of these knives just reusing them all over the place. I don't know. I, I don't really remember. I just remember one of them having sort of like a, a shuriken sort of handle. That's the only thing I remember. Yeah, that was Bruce's one from the end. I noticed that as well. Uh, I was just going to go to that. The ice, I was going to go to the ice fight again. I just want to point out that Bruce generally be, like beats everybody up with one punch. But with the uh, boss's kid, uh, he punches the hell out of him until he definitely knows he's dead. Yeah. He beats the hell out of him all over the, all over the whole place. He deserved it. Similar at the end, they show you like this point of view of Bruce punching you in the face, and you're supposed to be the big boss. But in the um, the first fight that Bruce is in, he does like a step behind sidekick into the camera, and then it cuts to the reaction of the the stuntman, like with his head snapping back with blood <laughs> on his nose. And I thought that that edit was perfect. Like the timing of it, it just looked like I was like, "Ooh, that would have hurt." Probably the best best actual hit in the film for me. Would you guys do you th- guys think that this movie? or other Bruce Lee movies sort of popularized for parody, if nothing else, the dramatic zoom-ins in these movies? Oh, they were doing that before, though, weren't they? Really? Like with all the Shaw Brothers films, like oh, the, yeah, uh, the yeah, crash. Sure. But do you think like Bruce Lee being the phenomenon that he was, that people kind of picked up on that and for parody, the same way they go, whoa, and stuff like that? <laughs> well, in Western cinema, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I did think it uh, pretty funny, though. There were a couple of times they did, like, a crash zoom from far away, and while they were crashing, it was a bit unsteady. <laughs> so had a lot of movement until you right got right onto the subject, and they're like, yeah, now we got him. Like someone tripped over someone's dog in the backyard or something like that. <laughs> there were four of them, not just one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All ready to bite your balls off. Also, there's a scene at the end where they, they do a big zoom in on their, their eyes, and it's, like, very uh, good to bad. Yeah, I thought the lighting was reasonably well done. Like, a lot of this was shot at night, and it it never, to me, seemed too dark to see what was going on. All right, so (laughs) moving on to our next segment, unless anyone else has anything else to add. Not really. There were were only those couple of fights that were worth talking about, I think. Um, There's a couple of earlier ones. I I did think the one with all the weapons that um, the other guy was in. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Shoot. Um, Like... Yeah, when he was fighting, that that was kind of interesting because, again, the, because of the violence. It's like, ah! 
yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Now we can move on. Can we talk about the big boss's compound, his house? Like a lot of the scenes where they're having meetings with the big boss, his uh, his meeting room, some pretty swank 70s furniture, has like exposed to the elements there. Like it's not a sunroom. It's his walls have holes in it. The, the weather's going to kill him. That's how big a boss he is. He just gets new furniture when he's up. Like it's going to be moldy and wet, and you know it's Thailand. It's going to have some pretty heavy rain there occasionally. It's going to get wet in there. <laughs> don't worry about his furniture. <laughs> I do. It's it's, it's good furniture. Don't com- don't criticize his furniture, or you might end up stabbed. All right, sorry. I don't be an ice pick. Okay. There was a lot of seventies furniture, though, wasn't it? <laughs> Real angled seats and stuff. Yeah, that, that costs a lot of money nowadays. Vinyl everywhere. I tell you what, it didn't look comfortable. <laughs> That's why he needs all these back massages. He's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, are we going to move on to the next segment? Yep. Do we do this at home? Yeah. Yep. Alright, I'll start. One of the things that I really want to do is hang off a moving bus. <laughs> oh, love to do that. Just jump into it like a bus. You know, like arrive on a scene. I'm one of the goons. Just fly out the windows <laughs> and then just hang on to the moving bus as it's getting away. Yeah, I'd love to do that. You stole mine. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I want to kick someone through a wall and make a cut out caricature because that's just stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was just like bad. <laughs> I want to have so much swagger that I can walk up to my enemy's house while eating like a packet of Pringles. <laughs> nice. Get my finger, my hand stuck in the can. <laughs> I was just thinking how like uh, James Chen and Bruce Lee both jump over like the like the group of goons um, when they're fighting in the middle of the night or something like it's something normal. So just, yeah. it, it just happens. It's, they're so good at it. That's what you want to do is jump over goons. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good power. It's pretty good power. They, they do make a point that- that fences and gates mean nothing to these people. <laughs> it doesn't stop anyone. That's yeah. like the, that's like the mid tier of being awesome at kung, kung fu is that you can just disregard gates. Just do a flip over them. That's why they built the Great Wall of China because then only the Chinese could jump over it. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that uh, Mongolians don't have powerful legs? No, that's right. They didn't do kung fu. They oh. rode horses too much. They did mong fu. They rode too many horses. <laughs> Nathan, do you have a, a thing that you would like to do? I do do this. Mm, you kind of took all the best ones. There's so many so no. good inconsistencies, though. I'd like to heal overnight. Oh, there you go. I'd like to, I'd like to heal the cuts before, before the next day arrives. Why does none of the bad guys have guns? That's what I don't understand. Ah, because they can't afford guns. They can't fit no, them into the pants. They've got a lot. The cops had guns at the end, though. Yeah. You know, I, I think I've decided to change my thing that I want to do. What I want to do is whenever I get drunk, I want a group of people clapping at everything I do. <laughs> that can be arranged. <laughs> I'm just going to I'm gonna get drunk. I'm going to do some crazy antics. And you're all going to be clapping in the background. Going, yeah. yeah, exactly. Now, now that next time, next time when this isolation ends and we go to a pub, I'm doing that to you. <laughs> just clapping. Like, how much does a bottle of Hennessy cost? I don't know. How much does it cost? Tune in next week. Heroin money. Yeah, tune in next week when we find out. Do we have any other segments? I think we just got a, a hail to the stuntman. I don't know if any stuntman got injured in this film. Uh, They're pretty clunky, to be honest. When when Bruce started fighting, they actually looked like 10 times better. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. I don't think anyone looked like they took so what, massive hits. What's the general consensus on this? Like, I love it as a cult classic. I see it all its flaws. And as, you know, watching it in 2020, I'm like, oh, this... This looks bad and that looks bad, but I still love this movie. 
Underrated? It's all right. I wouldn't say it's underrated. It's like, you know. I feel like anything with Bruce Lee is actually always a tad overrated. Yeah, I can see that. It's how many re-releases of these on on DVD then. Yeah, like how many many, many of these. Yeah, this this movie is coming out in Criterion Collection in like a month. I think it might be a little Mm -hmm. overrated. Maybe they'll risk all the fights are good though. The fights are good in this film. The acting's all right. I mean, it's a good it's a good underdog story, I suppose. Which is, a, I guess, what what a you know back in the day, that's probably what they went to the cinema to see. Yeah, made a fair bit of money too, right? It's hard to have that perspective now because so much has come after it, yeah. but it's hard to see what came before. So I think for the time, I I think this film's really good. I enjoyed it, and it held up better than I thought it would. Um, but I think at the time it probably had more impact because what came before probably wasn't as good. I think that was right. Have like a good cohesive plot as well, yeah. so you can follow it through. And it, although a bit silly, it it still holds up in plot wise, opposed to some of the other ones when they're trying to make like ser- they just like mash a whole bunch of fights together and then think of the plot later. I think it made a fair bit of money too, right? Sixteen point two million US overall. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, it was one of the highest grossing films in like Hong Kong and Asia and all these other places, Singapore. So it just it really took off. It must have made some a hell of a lot more though on like VHS and DVD and things at this point. Like I, I kind of wonder about that, those kind of box office amounts when you compare them to how long the longevity of the film is. Because again, it's getting a Criterion release next so. month. If that Criterion doesn't make at least $16 million, you're sure it's only one of like five movies. <laughs> but if it doesn't make at least $16 million, you know, that's pretty kind I'm going to eat your hat. Yeah, I would. I'd be very surprised. It's eighty. It's like an $80 a pop. Uh, I know at least three people who are going to buy it. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can invite them to the Asian action cast. Like, like I was trying uh, to say, like, Nathan mentioned um, that he's a lot of weapon work, which you don't normally see in, in you know, his stuff. Not, yeah, Except not for the modern yeah, yeah. stuff. That you especially don't see a lot of heroes with knives, unless they're like improvised yeah. weapons. The yeah, knives is a bad guy. They're generally a serial killer vibe, mm. like a serial yeah. killer weapon. They're more of a bad guy thing. Also, we haven't talked about the impact of the big boss in that it spawned a uh, sequel or not sequel. Big boss too. Yeah. The tiny boss. <laughs> <laughs> the not the not the actual guy. So that that sequel is uh, obviously l- uh, less known because it uh, it's shit apparently, and did not have Bruce Lee in it. Yeah, but you can't actually watch it because no one has an actual print of it. Oh. Is it that one? Well, that's a different one. Uh, the Big Boss Part Two, starring Bruce Lee, <laughs> Bruce L E. That's a Bruce quotation. It has never been officially released on home media. Oh, it's a. Fantastic. I actually think that uh, you guys should check out what's on the the like the specials on that Criterion Bruce Lee Criterion collection. They got a lot of stuff. I think they might have a couple of Bruce exploitations on there. Yeah, I'll be checking it out. I have to check yeah. out uh, what's on the DVD as well. Uh, well, thanks everybody for tuning in again. Uh, apologies for the delay and the lag and everything. It just seems to <laughs> technical difficulties. Yeah. And thanks yeah. to our listeners for sticking with us too. Yeah, hopefully everything will eventually go back to normal and I'm going to keep saying that at the end of every single one of these I do. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> hey, Nathan, can you roll me a 12? I can try. It's probably going to take 36 tries, though. I've done six so far. And while Nathan's rolling, <laughs> no. uh, if anybody if anybody wants to keep following us, we're still on uh, Spotify, on uh, gmail.com. We've got... Uh, <laughs> That's a great podcast. <laughs> 
Uh, Asian Ashcast at Instagram, yeah, Asian Ashcast on Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> hey, there you go. Nathan, you win a free Asian wow. Action Cast t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a suggestion or a comment for like, or something, yeah, get in touch. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for the comment.